0: In this podcast, Tim Kelly talks about building a purpose-driven organization, so stay tuned. So welcome everyone to Jobs of Future podcast. Today we have with us an amazing guest. We have Tim Kelly, a brief bio. So Tim Kelly is a global change agent and internationally renowned expert on new paradigm systems and methods. He works with top leaders in many fields and uh, and countries to transform and evolve organizations, markets and industries. His client list includes top leaders and executive teams from such companies, as Alibaba, ING, Oracle, Nabisco, PwC, as well as government ministers, presidential candidates, leaders of international NGOs. Tim has trained over 1,000 consultants, therapists, coaches in his methods. He is the author of True Purpose and the best-selling co-author of three other books. His methodologies have been featured internationally in magazines, newspapers, and on televisions. Uh, Tim has commended military organiza- uh, commanded uh, military organizations including an amphibious assault craft unit and is a retired naval research officer. He holds a bachelor's dig- degree in mathematics from MIT. So Tim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Vishal. So I think one thing that I was very fascinated about your background um, is purpose, right? I think mm-hmm. we... Even when I'm talking about my company, when I'm talking about, when when we, we talk about various businesses nowadays, um, how they are evolving with this idea of this new paradigm. So before we we get to the meaty stuff, the fun part, let's, let's, let's walk through your background. Like what brought you to this, this landscape and what's, what, what have been, you been doing?
1: yeah so i I, uh, I had my start in technology you know so i have a, a d- degree in mathematics and i studied computer science and i went to work at oracle corporation in my 20s and i uh, was happily climbing my way up through the corporate ladder and um i ran into a problem which traditionally people run into in their 40s and 50s so i, I did a little early which is I realized that climbing the corporate ladder wasn't going to make me happy. Mm. Um, And this uh, kicked off a search for me to try to figure out, okay, well, if being more successful and earning more money and having a bigger title and a bigger office isn't the key to happiness, then what is? (laughs) And it, it was a very frustrating question. There was actually very little available about purpose at the time and not enough that I fully understood i think that i was having a purpose crisis um so uh, eventually i did find my purpose and uh, answered the questions i'd been asking for decades um, but that was years later and that led me to working with leaders and executives and organizations and even countries on their purpose um and writing a book and training people and creating a methodology and all that all that good stuff but it but it originally grew out of my own da- dissatisfaction with work that was that was the the itch that i couldn't scratch
0: interesting and and what do you do now like what what is a, t- a typical day in tim's life look like like so what do you do nowadays well
1: i i just came from san francisco where i was meeting with a bunch of people who are kind of leaders in the purpose field um, some of them are consultants like me. Some of them are working in large organizations. And we were talking about the latest research and methodologies for finding the purpose of individual um, employees. Uh, later this afternoon, I'll be talking to an executive who's on a personal purpose quest. Um, next week, I'll be working with an organization back east that uh, wants to invite all of their employees to contribute to the company's purpose there's about 500 of them in this particular organization um and then i have speaking engagements um i uh, thursday i'll be doing a training course online so it so it's a combination of kind of speaking teaching consulting um you know writing different things like that i don't think of myself mm-hmm. as a consultant or a mm-hmm. speaker right those are those are roles. But to me, each of those roles is an opportunity to manifest my purpose in a different way, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now let's talk about purpose. Like for Mm -hmm. our our, 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 um, listeners and viewers, if we need to untangle this idea of what is what is really a purpose, like what do you yeah. define a purpose and and how yeah. how should I look at it? Look at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great question, and as a mathematician, I'm very fond of defining terms first <laughs> before we kind of run off and use them. Because I, mean, I, I sometimes I'm sitting in the audience listening to someone else speak about purpose, and I'm thinking to myself, you haven't defined the word yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're 20 minutes into your talk, and you still haven't even told us what you mean by that. Um, so uh, if you look it up in the dictionary, it'll say like an aim or a goal or something like that, which is, which is true, right? But th- that's when we're talking about the purpose of an individual or the purpose of an organization or the purpose of a country or something like that. Um, we're using sort of in a kind of a capital P purpose sense. It's different than my purpose in making this phone call or my purpose in having dinner at this particular restaurant. Those are valid mm-hmm. applications of purpose. They're just less interesting to me. Um, so the, the, the definition I like, there's a couple of different definitions I use. One of my favorites is the answer to the question, why, Mm. why are we doing this? Right? Well, the reason why we're doing this, that's our purpose, right? Which is not exactly the same question as what do we want to get out of this? That's Mm. an outcome or a result or a deliverable. They're related, but they're not the same. And if we're talking about a person, what is my purpose? That's the answer to the question. Why am I here? Or if you're talking about a company's purpose, that's the answer to the question, why are we here? Mm. Right? Why do, why do we do what we do? And most companies spend a lot of energy thinking about what they do, but almost none thinking about why they do it. Right? Simon Sinek talks about this a lot, like, start with why. So the, the, the implicit answer, if you don't answer the question, is, well, we do it in order to make money.
0: Mm
1: which is a perfectly valid answer, it's just not very interesting and not very exciting. And so if you allow that to be your default purpose, there's an enormous cost to it that people don't consider and don't think about.
0: Interesting. And and your book, True Purpose, Mm -hmm. fascinating book, by the way. Thank you. What is true purpose? So the the
1: term true purpose, I mean, purpose, It's eventually up to the individual to decide, yes, this is my purpose or no, this is not my purpose. Like, I don't tell people their purpose for a living. Um, But the idea of true purpose, the reason I put the word true in front of it is to set the bar high. That's the idea, right? That don't, don't settle for some mediocre purpose. Like, choose a purpose or find a purpose that challenges and inspires you. One that's aspirational. One that requires you to grow in order to fulfill it. Right. So it's if you think about like, let's let's use goals for a moment as an example, if I gave you a goal mm. to earn $10, probably that wouldn't be very inspiring to you mm. because you know how to earn $10. You've done it plenty of times before. It's not going to take you very long. So even if you accepted this, sure, I'll take on that goal to earn $10, it's not going to excite and inspire you. <laughs> right? And get you to leap out of bed early in the morning and rush out to earn $10, right? In order for the goal to be inspiring, it has to be a little bit edgy, right? The same is true with a purpose. It has to call you to something that you're not quite sure you're capable of. And so that's the meaning of the term true purpose is that the the implication there is that don't give up, don't settle for some mediocre purpose. Find one that really speaks to you, one that you really feel is accurate and powerful.
0: Interesting, Um, fascinating. So you you will talk about um, being purpose driven, right? So Mm -hmm. what exactly is purpose driven? Like how can, if you can shed more light on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fortunately, uh, a few years ago, there was very little we could have said about that in a in a in a data driven sense. But now, fortunately, imperative has done a lot of really good research on this, and the idea is to be purpose driven is that not only do I have a purpose, but I use that purpose in decision-making. And this is very important, right? If I have my purpose or my company's purpose and I write it on the wall and forget about it or put it in the employee manual, then it's not actually providing any value. It's not causing anything to happen. Mm-hmm. But if my purpose is kind of gotten under my skin in a way, like it's, it's nagging at me, I'm thinking about it, I want to manifest my purpose, I derive a sense of meaning and fulfillment from my purpose, then I'll use my purpose in decision-making. So when someone says, hey, Tim, do you want to take on this project? I'll think, huh, I don't know. Is it purposeful? Let me check. Let me think about that. And someone says, well, would you rather have this job or this job? I think, huh, okay, well, which of those would give me more of an opportunity to manifest my purpose in life? So to be purpose-driven is to allow your purpose to drive you. It's to allow Mm. it to motivate you, to inspire you, and to use it in decision-making. Now, that doesn't mean it's the only criterion right i mean i have to earn money to pay the mortgage and pay, you know my kids gonna be going to college next year i have to be thinking about that right so i you know there's there's other factor is it fun am i good at it there's a lot of other things i might consider but to be purpose driven is to also consider It's to also consider my own purpose or if i'm a leader the purpose of my organization while making decisions and it turns out if you do that There's a huge number of benefits to that. So let's Mm. deal with individuals for a moment, because that's where most of the research is. So for an individual, individuals who are purpose-driven live longer, Mm. they're healthier. As employees, they're more motivated and more engaged, right? Companies are always trying to find ways to engage their employees. Most of the little dirty secret, most of the techniques that leaders use to engage employees like variable compensation, employee mm. branding, stuff like that actually don't work and sometimes have a negative effect on employee engagement. Purpose is one of the few things that actually works to engage people and keep them engaged, right? So employees who are purpose-driven are more engaged. They have lower turnover, right? And turnover is very expensive. Mm. They're not trying to avoid work. And they see their, the people that they work with as fellow mission driven people that they're gonna change the world with, right? So they, they create longer lasting work relationships. And they go to work to be fulfilled and satisfied, right? And then they're more likely to advocate for the organization that they're in, right? Their net promoter scores are higher. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of things that if you look at purpose driven employees versus non purpose driven employees, purpose driven employees are far and away the ideal employees. And it's about a third of people who are purpose-driven. Now you can take someone who's not purpose-driven and you can try to make them purpose-driven and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, But you can also screen people to see whether they're purpose-driven when you're hiring. And the organizations that have caught on to this are seeking purpose-driven employees. And the millennials are very Mm purpose-sensitive. And so a lot of companies have high turnover in their millennials because they don't know how to attract and retain purpose-driven employees, right? The the millennials are looking for meaning and fulfillment at work, which prior generations didn't necessarily do. So, interesting. So, so yeah.
0: So, um, I think um, one thing that um, you have raised a very interesting point. Uh, millennials, right? Or getting new mm-hmm. workforce excited about um, when we so if we if we look at say organizational templates, right? So right. we rarely hear about uh, an organization being purpose-driven in their quarterly investor calls, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about mm-hmm. numbers. It's all about projections, where they're going, how much they're growing and all that. Mm-hmm. So you don't see the sense of the purpose um, on, on, on that construct. But when you talk about sort of... Not usually. Um, some, not usually. some you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and when, you, when you talk about... um uh, the recruiting practice, as you rightly said, that the, the new generation they they're more more conscious about this idea of what's what the company is impacting, how, how it's impacting the world and what what good stuff they are doing. So mm-hmm. where do you from your vantage point, where do you see the resolve? like when, when we see, when we talk about how these companies are measured uh, in terms of their success on the market sure there's very less impact of something called purpose and when you talk about sort of getting we'll resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by first friday fair fastest ai powered way to find your next opportunity check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job let's get back to the podcast
1: actually no if you look at the research on organizations the organizations that are purpose-driven vastly outperform the ones that are not as a whole and outperform, for example, the S&P 500 as a whole. So the the purpose-driven, there's a lot of, now we're talking about an organizational purpose, right? A company that has its organizational purpose clear and remember it has to be inspiring, right? So our our organization's purpose is to generate profit for shareholders, doesn't fill the (laughs) the (laughs) gap that I'm talking about, right? So it's gotta be something inspiring, right? So now we as, an, we as a for-profit company are deeply concerned about, devoted to, mm. changing the world in some tangible and specific way, right? We're going to create a better world, and the way we sell products and the people we sell them to, or the way we sell and deliver our services, or the way we manufacture our products, or the way we treat our employees, are strategies for creating this change in the world. So that's what we're talking about. That's what we mean by now a Mm purpose-driven company. Mm -hmm. So it's not as simple as having a slogan, right? That you put on your web page or something. It has to actually influence organizational decision-making sometimes in inconvenient ways. And if you do that, then the employees and the customers will understand that you're serious about this. And -hmm. with the millennials, the thing that's different about the millennials from the previous generations is millennials think of voting with their dollars. When they pay you money for your product or service, they understand that they're voting in favor of your company. If they choose to come work for you, they're voting very strongly in favor of your company, which means they support you and they want you to be successful. And Whatever impact you're having in the world, they want you to have more of it. So If they don't like the impact you're having in the world, they will not buy your product or service, even if it's good if they don't like the impact you're having in the world, they won't work for you because they don't want to support you so that you'll have more of that impact, right? And this is the thing that's very hard for the companies to grasp. But if I'm clear about that and saying, yes, that this is the impact I'm having, come help me have that impact, then they'll flock to you, right? Then they'll stick around. Then they want to help. They want to get out and push and make that happen. So that's, that's the basic idea. So it, it, it turns out that even by traditional measures, organizations that do that perform better because their employees have longer retention, because the employees are more productive, they have fewer sick days, because the customers are more loyal, the customers are willing to spend more money on a product or service that has a social benefit than one that doesn't. And if the the products have equal equal, pay, equal cost and equal quality, 92% of people of, of all ages will choose the one that has the social benefit. So it's an enormous competitive advantage. People think of like, well, we can't afford to waste money on purpose. No, 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 no. It's a huge competitive advantage if you're serious about it. If you're not serious about it, it won't work. People will figure out that you're paying lip service and then it's actually very harmful to your image. You're better off saying we're just in it for the money than saying that you have a higher purpose and not being serious about it—that actually has a real negative impact.
0: Interesting. And and when when you talk about businesses, like what is mm-hmm. what are some of the um, uh, how do you find a purpose for an organization? Like it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a collection of a lot of people working together for to achieve a goal. Right. How do you how do you end up defining uh, what the purpose is for the for an organization?
1: Yeah. So there's there's roughly three ways. Um, that it happens. One is that the uh, CEO slips in the tub <laughs> or mm. has a dream or something like that, uh, wakes up in the middle of the night goes, oh my God, mm. and comes rushing to work the next day with the company's purpose, mm. right? So there's an uh, interface would be an example of that, right? Where the, mm. the, the CEO just suddenly realizes what the company's purpose is um epiphany or you know and it's that's a tough way to do it because everyone else thinks the person's crazy on day one (laughs) so it takes a while for it to take if you do it there have to be a very persistent ceo if you do it that way um and also you can't predict when that's going to happen but that does happen happens fairly frequently you know uh, around the world and you know a lot of companies but um So, uh, better, better odds percentage-wise and the more common method is you can do kind of an inquiry process. You interview employees, you Mm. interview customers, you have conversations with leaders, you ask questions like, when do we do our best work Mm. and what is it that inspires and moves us? Um, what about this company really distinguishes it from other companies, right? And so it's, it's sort of a sleuthing exercise where you're trying to look for key factors or influencers or historical events or something like that, that are clues to the organization's purpose. And kind of the way to think about this as an exercise is you imagine the purpose is already there, Mm -hmm. that it's hiding, and you're going to try to find it, right? And you're now you're looking for clues. Um, that's how most organizations that know their purpose found Mm -hmm. and you can tell a purpose that was found that way because it's kind of short and pithy it's like a single sentence or just a few words so for example disney would be um uh, make people happy right Mm -hmm. or johnson johnson improve the lives of consumers uh there's a bank in singapore make banking joyful a friend of mine um, found that bank's purpose using this kind of technique so these these kind of methods produce those just several short words and which may be enough to create all the benefits that we're talking about right that the organization yeah i mean keep people make people happy as has worked for disney for generations right <laughs> and they use it to great effect and their, you know their stuff is still very popular um making great movies So the the more advanced technique for organizations that want a more powerful, more precise, and kind of more purpose information is a different technique where you actually are using intuition to access the unconscious. Again, the same Mm -hmm. premise is Mm -hmm. there, which is we're saying, well, the purpose is already there, but we don't know what it is. And so rather than logically trying to figure it out, we intuitively try to figure it out. So this involves teaching people how to access their intuition so that they can provide potential purpose statements based on whatever their intuition told them. And then you go through the purpose statements that you got, sifting for the most accurate ones. And there's certain techniques you can use to tell which statements are more accurate than others. And so in those methods, you actually want as many people to participate as possible because more people equals more candidates equals more likely to hit on something really accurate. Um, so the, the you know the, the more people you involve, the more accurate the resulting purpose will be. The other thing that's good about these latter two methods, the indirect ones where you're trying to logically figure it out and the direct ones where you're trying to intuitive, intuitively mm-hmm. figure it out, is in both cases, when you involve large numbers of people in that process, um, uh it has a positive effect on the people who participated Mm. which is they actually feel like oh we came up with that purpose right if Mm. the ceo hit his head in the shower and Mm. comes to work it's like oh well he came up with it that's his purpose not my Mm. purpose not our purpose right and he can tell me that it's the company's purpose and i might even believe him but i don't feel any personal ownership of it but if i actively participated in a process to find the company's purpose and it worked, and now here's the purpose that we created together, I will feel more ownership of that purpose, and therefore it will have a stronger effect on me than on someone who didn't participate. And knowing that, a smart CEO wants as many people to participate as possible. Because the one to participate will fall in love with the purpose and fall in love with the company.
0: Interesting. and and. Uh... I think one thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about how businesses realize their purpose, from your vantage point in, in, in your research or in, in, in your finding that uh, talking to different businesses, have you ever come across a company which has a negative purpose that they end up No, with?
1: never. No people and no companies. Um, purposes. Now, let me say that it's possible for a purpose to make someone uncomfortable right? That actually happens fairly frequently. But in terms of a purpose that causes you to exclude or do harm or something like that, have never, ever seen it. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that someone couldn't choose a harmful purpose, Mm. right? So I can, I mean, in theory, I could pick any purpose I want. Mm. Mm. And so people have chosen harmful purposes, but the methods I'm talking about don't produce negative purposes.
0: Interesting. Interesting, and, and and what about bias uh, in in sort of in defining the purpose? Because I think the mm-hmm. higher in the food chain you exist, the more influence you have in, or more weight do you have in in picking the purpose of an organization? We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website, First Friday Fair. .tao.ai, and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast.
1: Well, now yeah. it depends on the process that you use, doesn't it? <laughs> mm,
0: that's true, that so, is
1: true. So, yeah. so if it's a discussion resulting in a purpose, then yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what many organizations have found, like uh, every day all around the world somewhere, some CEO having watched a podcast like yours or read an article in Harvard Business Review or something like that, will sit down with the executive t- team and say, Ladies and gentlemen, we need a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, purpose is the latest thing. I've read the studies. I've seen the research. Purposeful companies do better. Purposeful employees do better. We need a purpose. We don't have a good purpose story to tell, and we're unable to retain our men, men and nails. Okay, here's the, here's the whiteboard. Here's the marker. Mm-hmm. Ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And then a discussion ensues trying to come up with a purpose. This is a fiendishly difficult exercise of like a couple percent of the time those kind of conversations, people will get lucky and hit on something useful, but it's very rare. Usually what happens, they can spend hours, days, weeks. I've seen companies spend months doing stuff like that. And in the end, they have something pretty mediocre and they know Mm. that it's mediocre. None of them are terribly inspired by it. Right. And so they're actually embarrassed to roll it out to the rest of the company because they know it's not that great. So that kind of just sort of, and it's in that kind of process, where if i have a bigger title i have more influence over the purpose right but if it's a blind survey where we're getting everybody's information and now we're putting all that information up and rating and testing all those statements for accuracy we don't know who supplied which statement right Mm -hmm. we don't know which statement who's the person who wrote that statement knows it was theirs but nobody else does right and in the end what we want is we don't want the CEO's opinion about the purpose of the company, that may or may not be useful. We want the best possible purpose for the company that's going to provide the greatest motivational value for everyone who works there, including the CEO. True. And so we need a method that's going to yield that outcome,
0: not a debate. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, I think one thing that, that, that I think about um, in companies, right? Some companies are age old, hundreds of years, they exist. And they have a very strong culture, right? They have a very strong culture. And sure. culture means in many ways, uh, bias. They, they have been doing things in particular ways. They have been successful and they have been continuing to do that. And now you have this new generation with this new mindset coming into these corporations. And they create this sort of melting pot of, of, of conversation, of ideas, and, 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 and what and what not, right? In that sort of chaotic environment, how do you maintain a purpose? How do you maintain it? In
1: some ways, it's easier because if everyone's kind of like minded in terms of how they think and what they value and stuff like that, um, uh, then and it's working, the need for purpose, frankly, is lower, right? I mean, Mm. if if we're, if we're all getting along, and we all think the same way, and we know what we need to do, and we're doing it, and it's producing results. Why bother finding our purpose? It's working Mm. great. Right? Mm. Now, people Ideally, an organization is still trying to improve even when it's going well, right? Because if you stand still, you're moving backwards. But, um, but but, in many cases, it's it's just not worth it to organizations if things are going well enough. If we have a different generations that are having trouble interacting and people aren't clear about why they're doing what they're doing and stuff like this, that's an ideal environment to introduce a purpose, right? That creates a common language, a common North Star that people can orient to and whether i'm you know in my late 50s as i am or someone's 25 we may interpret that purpose differently we may seek to manifest it differently but at least mm-hmm. we have a common language and a common goal that we can work around right and older people have always been more vo- motivated by meaning and fulfillment and purpose than by achievement right that hasn't changed if that's that's what happens when people have midlife crises when they reach mm-hmm. like 45 mm-hmm. or 50 or 55 and suddenly start rethinking everything they're doing, that's a purpose crisis. That's because they stop being motivated by achievement and start being motivated by fulfillment. And they don't know what to do about it, right? That's what happens. So so people in middle age and above have always been motivated by this stuff. The thing that's different is having a younger generation who's already motivated by it. That's the thing that's different.
0: Interesting. And, and now if, if, if we sketch a, a parallel to a, say a new organization, right? Sure. So um, many companies nowadays, we are seeing that they are seeing hockey stick growth. They are expanding very rapidly. They don't have time to even build a strong culture. They don't have time to look back and see what they're doing. It, the numbers are just so prolific that they just have to keep keep adding workforce and uh, they're growing. And many times, many of these companies are cautioned. Their practices are quotient of what they're doing, how they're doing. And and, and that sort of uh, creates this... What is that? What is the resolve for those companies? Like what, like if, if you look at uh, many companies, we know that that are, uh, you have, have seen unicorn growth are, are now sued by the Department of Labor for their practices, how they're doing what they're doing.
1: Sure. And
0: how do you how do you sort of um, uh, look at those concepts in which you have grown so fast, you have didn't have time to look at your purpose or your culture, or sort of build any what's going on and just you are just serving uh, to, mm-hmm. on, on the numbers?
1: It's funny because there are some companies that use the culture to create that kind of growth. And there are other ones who just happen to be growing that fast. And like, so Alibaba, one client of mine, for Mm. example, they're growing incredibly rapidly. Mm. But when you ask them why, they'll point to the purpose, Mm. right? And the environment is super chaotic, right? It's everything's changing constantly. Um, and, And the thing that ties it together is the purpose. Right. Hmm. So people can make individual decisions as long as they know it's aligned with the purpose and they know it'll be OK. Right. Even though they didn't have time to consult with everybody and this kind of thing. So um, and we've seen in organizations we've worked with where the organization found most of the individual's purpose and then found the organization purpose. The, the largest number we've seen so far is twelve hundred percent growth in three years. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. and that was a direct result of the purpose. So there are companies that are using the purpose as the tool mm-hmm. to create that growth. Now, if you if you kind of ignore culture and set it aside because you're growing so quickly, you don't have time for that sort of stuff, what happens is usually after a few years, um, something will happen mm-hmm. that will have the organization realize maybe ignoring culture wasn't such a smart idea. <laughs> and that can take many forms, right? Um, there's a great saying. I wish I could remember who it was. It says, companies rarely die of starvation. They usually die of indigestion, Mm, right? So really rapid growth is extremely dangerous for an organization, right? Hiring lots of people and adding and adding lots and lots of people is really dangerous for organization because you can find out later that you hired the wrong people. Because what you were trying to do is you were just looking for skills, just looking for skills, trying to fill in the slots with the skills you needed. And now you have this weird hodgepodge, this accidental culture that resulted from all this rapid growth that wasn't at all what you intended, Mm. but you were too busy to look at culture at the time. And now trying to go back and change it is very difficult and expensive, Mm. right? When all you had to do was have a few key things in mind while you were growing rapidly and checking with those couple things like a purpose or some values or something while you're hiring and while you're making decisions. right? So no matter how fast you're going, if you have those touchstones in mind, you can make sure you don't veer wildly off track and not realize it until it's too late.
0: We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job let's get back to the podcast interesting interesting and and now let's talk about the leaders right who are sure. leading these organization yeah what do you how do you um, see their purpose like what what is the role of their purpose in defining these organizations and and and, and leading this organization like what what is that mindset that you think yeah. is 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 right uh, to actually contribute to an organizational purpose
1: yeah so so the trick is the higher someone is on the food chain in the organization assuming it's using hierarchy of Whole other conversation we could have another time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 So in in a hierarchy, assuming they are using hierarchy, the higher you are in the food chain, the more impact you have in general, Mm. right? So if you have 10,000 people working for you and you come to work and have a bad day, Mm. right? And snap Mm. at a few people, Mm. that has a much, much, much bigger negative impact Mm. than if someone who's, you know, filing accounts receivable paperwork. Comes to work and is having a bad day and snaps at a few people, right? Um, so, uh, because of the disproportionate effect that leaders have, um, what you want is you want highly engaged, highly focused leaders who are making high quality decisions and motivating other people, right? And purpose alone will get you nearly all of those things to a very high degree. So, what you want ideally is you want leaders who have their own purpose very clear and are coming to work in order to have the opportunity to manifest that purpose through the organization, their own personal purpose. And you know the organization's purpose and the leader's purpose and the organization's purpose are aligned, meaning that I can work on my purpose and the organization's purpose at the same time. right? So it's a win-win. right? I'll help you manifest your purpose. You help me manifest mine. That's the deal. And if that's true, then I'm going to be motivated as a leader. I'm going to be inspired. I'm going to be inspiring to others. I'm going to rally them to the charge and call them to the company's purpose. And these are the things that produce those enormous growth numbers that we see in organizations that take purpose very seriously. It's the alignment between the organization's purpose, the leader's purpose, the individual employee's purpose. It's those things lining up that create the crazy growth numbers right? Because now everyone's eager to come to work. They want to come because they're coming to work, to work on their own purpose and to make a better world and to help the company work on its purpose and create a better world. And they have an inspiring leader who's helping them to do that and showing them how, right? So it sounds like this weird fantasy, but there are companies Mm -hmm. out there doing it. And it's funny because the people who work there are actually very interested in finding other purposeful companies if they want to leave, because they can't go back to working at a company that's not. Like they, they say, I've been ruined. <laughs> right? I can never work again at a company that doesn't have its higher purpose. right? So there are people who are actually making lists of companies like this, and people are using those lists to figure out where they can work, because they want to work at a company like that.
0: Interesting. And, and typically, how um, flexible... One should be about their purpose. So, if I'm a leader, right? Many times yep. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mimic, or my purpose doesn't mimic how the company is leading into. But my influence is again, as as you rightly said, the more I I'm in the food chain, the more prone companies uh, company is to my action or reactions. So, how would you uh, envision, or how would you suggest how flexible uh, someone's purpose should be when when they're collaborating with with lot of other purposes in, right. in, in, in a mix.
1: Yeah, so it's important to kind of advocate for what you feel strongly about and what you're passionate about, what you care about, and to be blunt about that. So I, I encourage my clients who are leaders at the point that they're willing to, they're usually not willing to right away, they're too nervous, but to eventually tell the people who work for them and the people they work with, and if they work for somebody, the person they work for, um, this is my purpose. And that's why I'm going left instead of right in this Mm -hmm. decision, right? Because Mm -hmm. of my purpose. And to be very blunt and transparent about that. And besides the fact of being transparent, the other thing is it models for other people, you should be doing the same thing. You should be using your own purpose and decision-making, right? Now, does that mean that I'm going to get my way every time? Of course not. Does that mean that everything I do is going to align with my purpose or the company's purpose? Of course not. Mm. Here's the trick. Right. So as I said earlier, when I'm making decisions, I should be weighing my purpose. I should be weighing the company's purpose in my mind. I should also be weighing, you know, what's legal, what makes good financial sense, right? What do I think we're capable of achieving? Right. There's all sorts of other factors I should be weighing that I normally weigh when making decisions. Right. If I'm in a hierarchy, will my boss go for this or not? Is a very important question. Right. Am I going to get support for this decision? Um, how will the employees react when we announce this? All of these are great decision-making criteria I should be weighing. What that means is sometimes there's going to be a good reason to do something that's not purposeful. And Mm. the mistake people make is they try to dress it up and make it look like it's purposeful. They say, oh, here's our purpose, right? And now they're going to do something just for the money, right? They've got a client that's not Mm. purposeful or they have a project that's not purposeful and it's making a lot of money and the company needs the money. And the mistake they make is to say, oh, look, no, this really is purposeful. Let me give you this kind of screwed up roundabout explanation mm. of why this is purposeful. And everyone knows you're lying, right? Mm. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to say, well, of course, every time we can, we go with the purpose. This time we can't, and here's why, right? People are grown ups; They understand that you need to make money. They want you to make money. They want, to be, they want you to go forward to be able to pay them mm. their paycheck, right? Say, well, at this time and right now, we can't afford to say no to this. I look forward to a time when we would have enough money coming from other sources that we would be able to say no to a project like that, but we're not there yet. So, no, it's not purposeful, and yes, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> right? fair, fair point. Yeah. And, and now people are going, all right, well, you know, they may not be thrilled about it, but they understand the logic, and they might, putting themselves in your shoes, might say, oh, you know, in his shoes, I'd, I'd probably do the same. And now, but if I pretend it's purposeful, now people know I'm lying and I'm undermining my credibility and undermining the purpose.
0: Interesting. And and how do you resolve the conflict? Uh, if suppose my purpose doesn't stand with uh company's purpose, what would you suggest?
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, that happens all the time. Usually mm-hmm. if people find, you know, usually that, that emerges as the result of a purpose exploration, right? So where mm-hmm. we've got, We find the company's purpose, we find a bunch of individuals' purpose as part of that process. That's, by the way, the, the preferred way to do it is you find some people's individual purpose first, and then you find the organization's purpose. And lo and behold, let's say we find out that your purpose and the organization's purpose aren't aligned. Well, if your purpose and the organization's purpose aren't aligned, that was probably already creating stress even before we knew what they were. You were probably already not feeling motivated, you were probably already feeling some kind of dissonance. With the organization and updating your cv your resume you know thinking Mm -hmm. about working somewhere else um finding that your purpose and the organization's purpose aren't aligned actually explains a phenomenon that's already going on oh now we understand why you're having all these motivational issues your purpose and the company's purpose aren't aligned Mm. well what do we do about that well we would do the same things we would normally do about someone who's having motivational issues. right? Does it make sense for you to stay? right? Presumably, you have the right skills and so you wouldn't be here already. But if it's super demotivating for you, maybe this isn't a great place for you to be long term. Maybe we need to find you another organization or another part of the organization where your purpose can flourish more. Because whoever that is who gets you is going to get a better employee or a better leader than the one we've got working here right now because when your purpose and the organization's purpose are aligned you're going to come alive more and become a better leader right so it's better for you and better for the organization and we have to be careful about this because people don't want to be told well what do you mean if my mm. purpose and the organization's purpose aren't aligned i'm going to be fired no 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 hang on <laughs> not so fast mm. right this is sort of a career development thing right mm. what's best for you what's best for the organization and if we take it in that frame and and you understand that we're not just going to kick you out the door as soon as we find out that they're not aligned. Mm. If you do find another place to work that is more purposeful, you're going to be really grateful to us for helping identify the problem and finding you a better place. And you're going to say great stuff to them about us when you're working there,
0: right? Yeah. Interesting. And 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 what are some of the some of the signs? Uh, so if suppose you are leading an organization, sure. What are some of the, some of the signs that would? That should tell you that, hey, I should go on a purpose discovery. I, like I need to figure out what's going on.
1: Yeah. So if if I want to run a purpose-driven organization, right? If I, as a leader, I, like I'm listening to this podcast and I say, I want to do this. I want to, I want my company to have a higher purpose, right? Well, then you need to find your own also. Because if you're the leader of the organization, if you don't find your own purpose, you'll confuse the company's purpose with your own. Right. You'll try to impose your purpose on the company to the detriment of you and the company. Right? So it's actually two purposes. What's my purpose and what's the company's purpose? Right? And probably, though, if I'm, if I'm a happy leader and I'm enjoying leading this company, probably they're aligned Right, or else I wouldn't be feeling that mm-hmm. way. Um, so uh, the other reason why I might want to find my purpose is I just want to be a better leader. Right? Mm-hmm. If I understand that purpose-driven leaders are better at leadership, mm-hmm. and I'm someone who cultivates my own leadership, right? I've worked on my values, I've read books about leadership, I'm imitating leaders who I admire and seeing things that they do that really work, I read the latest research. Maybe I think that finding my purpose is a great idea because that'll improve my capabilities as a leader the other reason why people want to find their purpose is usually there's some sign of dissonance or misalignment something's telling me that maybe i'm off track maybe i was used to be motivated and i'm not anymore maybe i'm having questions about why i'm working here or why i'm in this profession at all or Mm -hmm. why you know why anything right i mean so i've got these questions bugging me and going around in my mind Maybe I got divorced or something, or maybe I got diagnosed with a disease and now I'm having a purpose question that's plaguing me. Right? That would be another reason to find your purpo- my purpose. So either as part of a larger project, that would be one reason, to improve myself and make me a better leader, that would be a second, or because I'm having some kind of crisis of meaning and find I believe that finding my purpose might help me with that. Those would be reasons for a personal purpose quest.
0: Interesting and and one thing that um, uh, i was thinking about so I, I have i had this conversation with one of the uh, learning lead for one of the fortune five, fortune 100 company and i was talking to him about um, conscious workers right mm-hmm. so a uh, workers who is self aware and who understand yep. where he wants to head to and she gave me a very interesting perspective she said Vishal when you were brought up you were never asked to think about your purpose you have to mm-hmm. do your homework get studies go college, now find a job, find a girl, whatever. It just so there was there was never a time given to define your purpose and so now you are goals in you know. And
1: milestones and stages of development right. and things like right. that. Yeah. And, and and now
0: suddenly you are in in, in, in a workplace environment. And and, and 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 even her struggle was that many of her uh, workers they're not using benefits of find like this self discovery, self-awareness. So there are a lot of programs that HR throw um, to their workers, so they can latch on to these, these ideas of understanding where they want to be and what they want to do. So at the end of the day, they, they become more productive. But mm-hmm. but her point of view was not many people attach to or or, or or latch on to these ideas. Now from your vantage point, like what is, what, is your, what is your observation and what have you seen and what should companies do to engage these people now to think about instead of going in a midlife crisis and then figuring it out? To consciously go in that zone where they are okay uh I, I i belong here for a reason and this is why
1: that's right so um whether it's purpose or some other initiative we're talking about purpose but it could be a values thing or a vision thing or you know learning about feedback or any any of a whole long list of kind mm-hmm. of programs or initiatives that an organization might roll out um might personal feeling is that with very few exceptions, you want to make those things optional and voluntary, and especially when you're looking at purpose. So if you are wanting more purpose driven employees, remember, there's two things you can do. One is you can screen at the door when people come Mm -hmm. in, and there's very simple Mm -hmm. questions you can ask to tell whether someone's purpose driven or not. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other is uh, you can seek to encourage the people who already work there to be more purpose driven And to the extent that they are purpose-driven to bring their purpose to work. You can't make Mm. someone be purposeful. Like I can't force you to look, to know your purpose and to be purpose-driven. And this is true of intrinsic motivators in general, right? You can't Mm. force someone to feel fulfilled, (laughs) for example. Mm. This is why business leaders traditionally focus on extrinsic rewards like pay because Mm. they're easier to control. They don't work as well, but they're easier to control. With intrinsic motivators, what you're doing is you're trying to create an environment in which people will motivate themselves. So it's sort of like a petri dish where you're creating an environment with the right temperature and the right goo and everything to get the bacteria to show up. So we're trying to create an environment that induces certain way of thinking and feeling and a certain kind of behavior on the part of the employees. And so let's say I wanted to use purpose as my tool. I would say, hey, everybody, you know, we as an organization are starting on an initiative, of purpose either employee purpose or leadership purpose or find the organization's purpose and as part of that we would like to offer you the chance to find your own purpose in life out of our belief that if you find your own purpose in life and you bring that purpose to work you'll be more fulfilled and that'll be good for you and it'll actually be good for us too because the research says that having fulfilled employees is good for the company right so that's mm-hmm. why we're doing it. would you like to, if you'd like to take this survey or come to this workshop right or do this webinar or something like that. If you don't want to, it's fine. Go back to your desk, keep working, pay no attention. But if you do want to, here's where you sign up and here's what you do. So you give people an opportunity to learn more about their purpose. And then afterwards, you have to set up a conducive environment for them to make use of what they found. And this is where a lot Mm. of companies screw up, right? So you have to find some way of supporting them and reminding them and asking them, How are you bringing this purpose to work this week, right? What did you do in the last week? What are you going to do in the next week to manifest the purpose that you found in that webinar or that workshop or that survey or whatever, so that you keep helping them to think about their purpose while they're at work. And if you do that, they will then develop the habit of using their purpose in decision making. They'll make better decisions. And over time, they'll be more and more and more fulfilled and engaged and feel better and better and better about the company and feel better and better and better about their job and work harder right Mm. and they'll enjoy it like it's not a trick they're not going to be angry at you oh you got me to work harder no it's like i'm working harder because i want to because i'm enjoying it right because i feel fulfilled at work and so it's a it's a total win-win but but the trick is to set up these environments you can't just run the program i was talking to a a, a, an internal consultant from a huge pharmaceutical company who talks about that he was saying how they keep asking me like to set up these programs i 'm like, yeah, but you can 't just run the program you mm-hmm. have to run the program and create the environment that 's going to cause the results of the
0: program to stick.
1: You have to do both
0: interesting and and, and how do you how do you quantify a purpose like how do you if you' if you 're in, in an organization and and from your from your experience what are um some of the worst cases that you have handled like what how do you define if someone is t- totally to the right or to the left when it comes to defining their purpose like where they are in that ju- in, in in their journey yeah I'm, I'm not
1: sure i can answer the question exactly the way you asked it so but let me let me look at it i can talk to you about some of the ways that this goes off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so um one is that uh an organization will go through a process determine some kind of purpose statement or something like that and not know how to tell whether the purpose is accurate or how to tell whether the purpose is inspiring and i have a very high standard like i like it when people like choke on the words or cry when they're trying to say the purpose statement out loud like it's, it's interesting it's it's, it's got to produce a substantial emotional response or else it's not worth doing anything with in my in my view right and so it's, it's the ability of the purpose to generate emotion that's a necessary precondition for it to cause any change in behavior on anyone's part. If it doesn't generate any emotion, no one's going to behave differently as a result of that purpose. Okay. So what I like to do is if I'm sitting with an executive team and they say, Oh, we already have our purpose. All right, it's like, all right, everybody, read the purpose out loud. One, two, three, you know, and have them all read it out loud. And then ask them to rate how strong of an emotional response they had to it right Mm. and usually the emotional responses aren't that strong and that could be for two reasons one the purpose statement isn't that great it's like Mm. the best they could do and it's just not that inspiring the other is maybe it was a great purpose statement 10 years ago Mm. but they haven't changed it in 10 years and now it's getting old and stale and they don't have a more current thing to use that's more powerful right So if it's not inspiring to the executives, it's not going to be inspiring to anybody. Interesting. So it's very easy to measure. So that's one thing is they go through a lot of effort and spend a lot of time and never check to see if it's an emotionally powerful purpose before they go to roll it out. Because it's a complete waste of time and energy and expensive in a big organization to roll something like that out. And if it doesn't produce that emotional response, everyone's going to ignore it. And they will have wasted all their time and money. So that's one. The other one, interestingly, is about changing it. Um, and I'm, I have an unfortunate example of this. Is I think it was Autodesk came up with mm. a great purpose. You know, they create these CAD CAM design software, which was mm. to design uh, and create a better world, or something like that. And then the, the the strategy and marketing people looked at it and said, well, that's not really what we do. It's like, we actually help other people design stuff. So, so they modified the purpose. Now, the first purpose they had actually done properly, they had crowdsourced it from the whole organization. And then this small team took it and modified it. I was like, no, <laughs> don't do it. No, 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 no. Because now all the people who participated in creating this great purpose uh, now got stepped on. By this one team, and of course, the new one they, they came up with was not as powerful as the original. But they didn't know how to test it to see, right? So they took a brilliant purpose and watered it down. And I'm like, mm, no, 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 no. So this is this is another thing that's very another way it really goes off is a really good purpose can make people feel uncomfortable,
0: mm.
1: and they think, oh, I feel uncomfortable with this purpose. It must be bad. Let me fix it. And now mm. they change the wording to something that feels more comfortable and makes more sense. And they just killed it. They just killed it. Now it's useless. The only wow. comfortable version was the one that actually would have worked, mm. but people think mm-hmm. they have to, they have to like it or agree with it in order for it to be accurate. And that is not true.
0: Interesting. So um, now we are at the tail end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And Tim, thank you so much for walking us through through this, this very critical topic. So now uh, let's spend a few minutes on your journey, right? Sure. So if if we want, um, if the listeners and viewers want to, uh, if there are certain things that has helped you become what you are, like what right. would those qualities be? Like what would you attribute your, your success to some qualities that you really attached to? What, what would those be?
1: Yeah, so let me talk about pre-purpose and post-purpose because they're slightly different. <laughs> so pre-purpose, which I imagine where a lot of people are is they, they don't have a super clear definition of their purpose. Mm. The, the quality that really helped me most was perseverance. And, and the way mm. I'd say it, in, in it's sort of like choosing a spouse, right? You, you don't mm-hmm. want to just marry the first person who comes along. You know? <laughs> want to set the bar a little higher and hold <laughs> out for what you really want and need, you know? So I, 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 I've, I felt the same way about my purpose, which is like, okay, so I've got some ideas about what it is, but they're really not like powerful enough for me. Mm. So I'm going to withhold judgment and keep looking. Right. Mm. So, so the, the, the determination and perseverance to find something that really spoke to me, that felt truly accurate. That was the most important one pre purpose. And I wasn't working on it every day, Mm. but I never let go of the desire to have it. That was the key. Okay. Now, post purpose, it's interesting because the question goes from why am I here? If you find a a very accurate purpose to more something like how am I supposed to do that? (laughs) Right. It's Mm. like, oh my God, this is kind of scary and overwhelming. (laughs) I know I wanted to find my purpose, but do I have to do this? And the answer is you don't. You don't have to do it. Mm. Of course, you won't derive any benefit from it if you don't do it. And so the trick after you know your purpose is just to find one simple thing to do mm. that takes you like a few centimeters closer to your purpose. Just, just a little tiny bit. Just, It's just going to move you towards a little bit. Don't have to change the whole world today or tomorrow mm-hmm. or the next day, right? Don't have to re- change my whole life or quit my job or change careers or do doing that kind of stuff. I just have to make what I'm already doing slightly more purposeful. And then after that, do it again, make it slightly more purposeful. Mm-hmm. And then after that, do it again, make it slightly more purposeful. And if I keep doing that long enough, my life will become extremely purpose aligned all become highly purpose driven, very fulfilled, and I will start to achieve results that don 't make logical sense because they come faster than would have made sense right i 've done things that I have no given my background have no right to have done like mm. how did how did I wind up working with government ministers mm. and you know presidential candidates from other countries and stuff like that? I could not have come up with a plan to do that mm. right. Why did that happen? It happened because I kept behaving purposefully and talking out loud about my purpose and having conversations like this one and saying, yes, I'm going to change the world. Yes, I'm going to manifest this purpose. No, I may not know now how right now, but I'm going to keep moving in that direction. And this funny thing happens when you do that, which is just the, some doors will just automatically open when you approach them. It's like suddenly opportunities will get presented. It's freaky. that People aren't used to it. Interesting. Um,
0: and, and um, last question, but not the least. So if um, listeners and viewers would take away something from the conversation, sure. like what, what would you want them to take away? What would their takeaway take should be uh, uh, that, that you want them to know?
1: Yeah. So for many people who are listening to this, you know, this will have been another interesting talk. And and let me just say that's totally fine with me. Like some of my compatriots who are thought leaders in the area of purpose will say stuff like everyone has to find their purpose, And I'm always going to say, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. You can't be happy unless you find your purpose. That's not true. There are happy people all over the world who don't know their purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not for everyone, right? This is a particular path and particular quest. What I would say is if it was an interesting topic for you and you thought it was cool and funny, and you learned something, great. There's a subset of the people who are listening who already had this itch in the back of their head, who already knew this was something they needed to do, who already know that they're called to a higher purpose, who already know that it's their personal responsibility to change the world, right? And to those people, I would say, do something about it, right? doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be with me, right? There's lots Mm -hmm. of good people out there who could help you, but Mm -hmm. do something about it. Take a step, make a phone call, sign up for a workshop, hire a coach, do something that will move you closer to your purpose. Don't leave it as a someday maybe, right? Take action. However small, take some action to move yourself closer
0: to it. Beautifully put. With that, uh, Tim, thank you so much for your time. Thank and you. and again, uh, thank you for walking us through, helping us understand what what how critical the word purpose is for an organization and for me as an individual. Uh, you're will, always welcome back on the podcast. And uh, thank you. And whenever you are in Boston, let me know. Let's uh let's meet at some point and thank you so much for the time
1: that would be delightful thank you so much for Shaun. thank you so much for doing this right living your thank purpose, you. creating a better <laughs> world yeah, I just, I uh. just...